Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort, enabling swifter recoveries. Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort, enabling swifter recoveries. Tweet at Miriam O'Call. And just some text as well, going back to Morris Manning. What an absolute pleasure was, Jerry says, to listen to Morris Manning speaking so authoritatively on a troubled history on this Sunday morning. Thanks so much to him. And another says, great to hear Morris Manning on the show, a person with a tremendous capacity to see different perspectives. Now, my next guest usually suggests a few pairs of socks when his daughter asks what he'd like for Christmas. But this year, she gave him the life-saving gift of a kidney after John Boyce was diagnosed with renal failure in 2017. And John Boyce and his daughter Trish, both from Wexford, join me now. Morning to you both, John and Trish. Good morning, Miriam. Good morning, Miriam. So lovely to see you both. Listen... We read your story written by Maria Pepper in the Waxford People and it was just such a great story. Let me start with you, Trish, first of all. How are you feeling? It's seven weeks since the transplant operation. How are you doing, Trish? And then, John, how are you doing? Uh, Miriam, to be honest with you, I'm in great form. Um, And I suppose what's helped me through my recovery is seeing how well Dad is doing. He's doing absolutely fantastic. And knowing that the gift I've given him is now working and has given him his life back. So that's really, you know, that's what's what's got me to where I am now in my recovery. It's fantastic. And John, how are you? I'm uh, good, uh, Miriam. Thanks, yeah. I'm getting stronger every day. Um, getting out about out and about when the weather is uh, allowing me to do so to get a bit of exercise, uh, good appetite. So, on a scale of one to ten, Miriam, I give myself eight. Excellent. Now, listen, can we go back a little, John, just to let our listeners know your story? When did you first become aware, John, that there were problems with your kidneys? Um, I became um, unwell in 2017. I remember the day well. It was the seventh of April, and. Um, I, had, I went to the doctor, I was feeling a bit off colour that morning, so I went up for bloods. And late that afternoon, the Friday afternoon, the 7th of April, I got a call from the nurse. She said, John, you need to present yourself in Wexford General Hospital, ASAP. So I did what I was told, and eventually I got into A&E there, and was just waiting to see a doctor, and all of a sudden I took, uh, took very, very weak, and it came out in an absolute lather of sweat. So the end result was high blood pressure. And what then happened? You ended up in dialysis, but how did you get to that stage, John? Well, I was referred then to um, the renal unit down in Waterford University Hospital under the supervision of uh, Dr. Frank Kelly. And um, they obviously picked up something in the bloods and um, he kept a close eye on me himself and his team. And uh, 2018, then, things were stable enough. Um, but as time went on, the, um, the kidney function just started to drop. And every time I went to the clinic there, which was quite regular, um, he said to me, uh, John, unfortunately, your kidney level is starting to drop, but we're keeping a close eye on things. So he said, um, if it goes down to about 14%, he said the alarm bells start ringing. So things stabilised, and then... 2019, we spoke about dialysis, but no, no action as such. That was March 2019. We had a good chat about the possibility that mm-hmm. I might have to go on dialysis. Okay. Lo and behold, things stabilised again in 2020. 
and then the real uh, drama started <laughs> in 2021 February I started in University Hospital on dialysis but prior to that I had to go through a couple of surgical procedures to allow me to start that so that's uh, 2021 uh, February 2021 I started there and it was in dialysis down in Waterford there uh, for several months used to leave here every uh, Monday, Wednesday and Friday at half past six in the morning by taxi, four hours on the dialysis machine and all things being equal, getting home then about two o'clock in the afternoon, totally wrecked. Well, and Trish, I know I read you said that not once when he was on dialysis, I think, did you ever hear your dad complain? Is that right, Trish? That's correct. No, not once, Miriam. I suppose, you know, dad had a road to face and he faced it, you know, really, really well. Um, you know, tiredness was was a big thing with him. Um, you know, and I suppose because of his restrictive diet as well, I thought, you know, this is going to be a bit of a battle for him because dad likes his, his grub and his food. <laughs> but no, um, you know, along with, with mom's good cooking, you know, he, he, he really got on really well. But not once did I hear him complain. And I suppose, you know, when he went on dialysis, we as a family had to sit down and have a chat. And, you know, we knew that one day dad would have to more than likely have a kidney transplant. And that's then where I suppose myself and my brother Sean came into play, where we put our hands up and said, right, that if you need a new kidney, we're going to put ourselves forward. Wow. And take it from there, Trish, yourself and your brother Sean, you then had to go maybe, did you say it to your dad and how did he react and then what did you have to do? It's a very long process. A very long process. So yes, at that stage, um, then we said, right, when the time comes. So once dad was accepted onto the transplant list in Beaumont Hospital, which happened in, in February of last year, um, you know, that was kind of then the, the green flag for us to go ahead and proceed with blood tests, etc. So both Sean and myself, you know, were, were in Beaumont, had the bloods taken and they came back then after a couple of weeks and it was myself that was a match to donate a kidney to dad. Um, so yes, serve several, several tests then in, in the weeks ahead, both medically and psychologically, um, you know, to see that my my both my body and my mind were in a tip top health state for, to go through this um, and to see what was I going to be able to to proceed with with surgery and to help dad get get his life back on track. So I was very successful, which was great. Um, it was a great, great day. I'll never forget it. Friday, the 8th of July, um, I was in work and I got a call from the transplant coordinator in Beaumont Hospital. And to say um, it was the best phone call of my life. Um, sorry, I'm just going to get a bit emotional. Oh, that's fine. Um, um, so, yeah, I, 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 the first call I made then was to dad. And it was kind of right. We're going to travel this journey together now. And we have. Oh, it's, it's like it's, they talk about stories of love. But and, and John, how were you feeling at that stage? Well, I was on um, I was on dialysis uh, that particular morning, the Friday morning, the uh, 8th of July, about halfway through uh, the dialysis uh, four hour session. And uh, I got to take some Trish and oh, such, such joy and. Oh, overwhelmed! You know, like I'm getting a little bit emotional by Trish, but um, I showed one of the nurses, the nearest nurse to me, and she was absolutely over the moon. She said, "John," she said, "I'm looking at that text you're showing me, and I'm getting goosebumps." So, <laughs> oh, it was such a lift, you know. But Miriam, I never thought 
I mean, I've been 21 months prior to the operation on dialysis, but I never thought for love nor money that I'd get a transplant so quick. I honestly can say that I thought I'd have dialysis for the rest of my days, you know. Mm. I got a golden opportunity, a chance in a million, from a daughter in a million. Oh, now listen, when you tell me then about the day and the operation, you were you were in obviously Bowman together, weren't you, Trish? We were indeed, yeah. So we were admitted on um, Wednesday the 30th of November. Um, we travelled up together, obviously, and uh, admitted in. And as we've been saying ever since then, it was like being admitted into a five-star hotel. <laughs> to be honest, uh, you know, they looked after us uh, so, so well. And yeah, we prepared ourselves then um, for, for surgery on the 1st of December. So I was first to go down to theatre that morning just after 8am. And uh, I was three to three and a half hours down Um so they removed my kidney and then transplanted planted into dad. So it was a long day and especially on my man, Bridgie, my brother, Sean, you know, um, all the family and friends, you know, waiting for not just one phone call to say that I was OK. But then it was a second phone call to uh, to say that dad had got through to, through surgery and everything had gone well. And thank God it did. Were you nervous, Trish, before you went down to theatre? No nerves whatsoever, whatsoever. I just, from the time I got the phone call on the 8th of July, I just remained focused and I was actually looking forward to it. And even, you know, a couple of weeks before surgery, I had my last night out with my my uh, close friends and I said at one stage during the evening, I'm actually looking forward to this. And the four of them kind of just looked at me and said, you're looking forward to having surgery. And I said, well, look, the way I'm looking at it is, you know, it's going to help my dad. It's going to give him his life back. And it makes made sense to them then. But I mean, again, with the support of our family, friends, the team in Beaumont, you know, the Irish Kidney Association have been such a huge, huge support to us as a family as well. And um, Miriam, I have to oh. say, but all of those people, it was like it was a team. Dad and I have named ourselves Team Boyce, but there was there's more per- people on our team now. And, and that's what's carried both of us through. And John, were you nervous going down for the operation and how were you immediately after the operation? I wasn't nervous, Miriam, because uh, I've had several surgical uh, procedures before, but uh, nothing, too sta- nothing too serious. But I just uh, need to state there, the reason I started in Waterford um, on dialysis, we have a dialysis union in Wellstone in Drynia, just on the outskirts uh, outscor- uh, of Wexford there which is only about 20 minutes from me. Mm. But unfortunately, they had no space. But they got a space for me um, on the August, in August um, 2021. So I started there uh, on August um, the 23rd. Okay. But uh, not nervous, but um, obviously very sore. It's a, it's, a, it's a fair lump of a scar there, like, you know. But uh, yeah, but I'm over that now. I have no pain. But uh, the new kidney, Trisha's kidney, now her left kidney, that was the easiest one for the... For the um, transplant team, the surgeons in water, in Bowmount to access, they told us, like, you know. So I have three kidneys now, two in the normal place and one just on the right-hand side of the stomach, you know. I know it's there, there's something different there, but <laughs> it's keeping me going, you know. You said it was the best Christmas present you ever got. I mean, what would Trish normally get you for Christmas? Well, I normally she said, Dad, what would you like for Christmas this year? Ah, sure, look, at something simple like a, a few pairs of socks. <laughs> 
But I haven't got him this year. I don't know where they went. So if somebody got him in error, would you please send him on to me? And Trish, immediately after the operation, how were you? I mean, it's a huge operation. Did you feel okay? I felt I felt good. Yeah, I suppose it was a little bit of an anxious couple of hours once I got back from theatre, back from recovery, um, you know, in my room um, waiting to hear that dad was back from theatre and that everything had gone well for him. But again, going back to the, the team in Bowman, doctors, nurses, etc., they kept me informed and not once was I left alone in my room. They were conscious, I suppose, that I was worried about dad and wondering about him. But he was back that evening uh, just after after six o'clock and that was like I mean I've just listened to your, your uh, interview there with Conor McPherson oh. I actually won of won a, a, one of uh, Conor McPherson's play with my local drama group here Ballycoggle Players back in 2018 sorry and we won the All-Ireland Confined Drama with oh. The Night Alive but that's my that was my second All-Ireland win to know that dad had got on so well and his kidney uh, was working so well for him on the first from the first of December and you're, I mean, you. how is it with one kidney? Do you notice any difference at all, Trish? No difference whatsoever. Wow. The only difference is I just look down and see the little bit of a scar and that's all. Um, no, I don't feel any any different whatsoever. You know, as I said uh, in the last couple of weeks, you know, I always try to be a positive person, but this has kind of brought me on to a different level. You know, um, to see dad doing so well, you have to be, try and be as positive as possible. I mean, there's so many bad things going on in the world, but I mean, to, to you have to be a positive. And, and as I say, to see dad getting on really, really well is just um, just a win-win for me in, in a big way. And the other brilliant thing, which I didn't know, is that, you know, the other kidney, your kidney now, it picks up the slack, doesn't it? Like our bodies are amazing. That's right. Yeah, it takes up the slack. So basically, I suppose um, the brother or sister that's left there has has now realised that his brother or sister has gone missing. So he said, right, I better go and try and help here now. And and uh, so that's what happens. Yeah, it takes up. It takes up. Um, at the moment, I think I'm on about 60, 65 percent. Now, it'll never be to 100 percent. But, um, you know, it'll, it'll probably get close to maybe 80 or 85 eventually uh, once the kidney grows into the space where the other one has been. Been taken. Well, just Trish and John, just to say, um, so many people texting in about you. Hi, Miriam. Such a heartwarming story about family love. Huge respect to Bowman too, who takes such wonderful care of kidney patients. My dad had a transplant there 11 years ago and we can't thank the staff there enough and he's happy and healthy today. Another says, Trish, what a wonderful daughter John has. Such generosity and totally thinking of her dad. Another says, listening to Trish and her dad here and sending love from Wexford. Not a bit surprised she would do such a selfless thing. That's from Cat Hogan. Now, I know you don't miss dialysis, John, but there was a funny part, wasn't there, of the social aspect to the dialysis. Like you even had um, Pat Macy, an avid GAA supporter, didn't you? And you'd all call him Jimmy McGee. Oh, Pat Macy <laughs> in, in, in Wellstone in Wexford. <laughs> oh, the man is he's a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> and we have the banter like before we check into the, the dialysis unit in the morning there. We're all gathered, we're all socially distanced, obviously, because... Uh, those are the rules in the unit there, like, you know, but um, another, Pat, Pat is unbelievable. What he doesn't know about sport is, you know, boxing, Katie Taylor, we used to slag Ronaldo, and all oh, the banter was brilliant, and I miss that big time, you know. But we keep in touch by phone. You know, um, I, 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 I talked to a couple of the lads there, and when I got full help back, I'd ring dialysis there in Wellstone in Wexford, and uh, 
make an appointment, just a quick visit to, to see all the staff who have been absolutely amazing, both there, Waterford University Hospital, Beaumont, my own GP surgery, my local chemist here, they must be sick to the back teeth. Oh, here they come again. There's another change in education. Oh, but everyone has been absolutely superb that brought me on this journey, which has been tough at times. It's been a battle, but I think I've won it now. Yeah, and Trish, you of course are the hero in this. You're incredible. And you're very well known in drama circles. I know you were talking there about winning that competition with Connor's play. You're with the Bally Cogley players. Are you looking back looking forward to getting back to acting very soon? I can't wait. I can't wait. While I won't be on stage with them this year uh, with their production, I'll be there in the background and I'll be itching to get back on stage and hopefully, you know, in the autumn with her autumn productions. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a it's such a great pastime. And uh, again, they were such a support to me in a big way. Um, you know, and that, of course, I'm sure Dad would echo this as well. You know, for the days and we were in hospital, you know, to get text messages um, of support and everything that hasn't stopped either Miriam from the time that we knew that we were going to go ahead with this journey this special journey that we've travelled together and you know we're still travelling this journey you know people have been just so supportive to us and that means so so much and it's it's just a team effort well, it's also, as everyone's saying, a story of incredible love. And look, Trish and John, anyone interested in listening this morning and becoming an organ donor? And I know this is important and matters to you both. You can contact the Irish Kidney Association on 01620 or you can free text the word donor to 50050. We're also going to put those details on our website. John and Trish Boyce, you're a beautiful couple. Thank you so much for chatting to me this morning. Good health to father and daughter. And I hope you both live for another 100 years.